Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani, and we got an awesome episode for you because today, joining us on the show for a second time, my friend and yours, Biff Naked. And what could I say about Biff Naked? So much to say. Singer, songwriter, actress, motivational speaker, and one of my favorite people to follow on social media. Um, her vibes are absolutely infectious and actually been keeping my head up throughout the quarantine. I think I mentioned in the episode that you should follow her on all social media from her Twitter to Instagram, to her Facebook page. And I'm going to mention it again right now. Um, I just feel like in taking good vibes is very important at these times. And every day she wakes up and uh, takes a, a wonderful picture of like from her balcony or something she's got in her Rolodex and just writes either like a poem or just something uplifting. And it's one of the best things you can read every morning. And on top of that, we talk about a whole slew of things. And you're going to hear me laughing and giggling because, like I said, her vibes are infectious and uh, I just totally enjoyed this conversation. So blessed to do episodes like this and uh, even more blessed that you're listening and I get to share this with you. Also, the past handful of episodes, I hope you guys didn't mind me putting some advertisements on it, um, trying some new things. And plus, every cent I make from all of that directly goes into the show um, and all the funding is helping me grow to make it better whether it's the quality or just uh extra help with the back expenses because there's a lot of them i've been doing this uh i've been spending money for years doing this and uh and yeah i'm blessed that some people would like to advertise on this platform and give your pal sean a helping hand and speaking of people who give me a helping hand shout outs to those who are on the patreon right now the patreon is covering the web hosting expenses. Uh, every month I get a bill for uh, for the audio that gets blasted off to Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you may be listening to this. And uh, I'm happy to say that that is being covered right now. So thank you to my first patron, Ola Mazuka of the Sonic Fold podcast. Wonderful show. You should check it out if you're really into listening to some amazing and uh, conscious heavy conversations. And our co-producer, Jeremy Hopkin of Hopkin Design. Another thing you should check out, Hopkin Design. Beyond him being an amazing graphic designer, he's also a historian and does some incredible things like refurbishing old images, attach a story to it of uh, some Toronto history and Canadian history, and even does side-by-side uh, -side pictures of how some neighborhoods look before and seamlessly transition into how it looks in 2020. And, oh, man, it's just amazing work. And um, Jeremy Hopkins should be on your radar if you're into that kind of stuff or if you're looking for some design work, hit him up. But that's pretty much all I got to say for the intro. Once again, I appreciate you checking out the show. But without further ado, here's Biff Naked coming at you right now.
burning hell. Yeah, how you doing today, Biff? I cannot complain. No matter what is going on, I, I'll never be that person. And uh, yeah, I, I noticed that about your 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 vibe, your spirit, and everything. And uh, even like you recently uh, broke your wrist. And oh, nice pink cast. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, it's not the actual bone that breaks. It's all of the hospital things. It's like the, uh, just the things, the lymphedema in this arm from, you know, it's better now, but this is like a volleyball. And it was like, and then I had lymphedema because this is my breast cancer side. And so my lymph nodes don't behave and uh things like uh getting a blood clot from the iv catheter and things like other stuff and i all it does is make me think about people who are languishing in hospital just for i mean it just you know it's amazing how multifaceted uh and tiered even that our healthcare system actually is and people can be more successful as patients and less successful just based on some really simple things and it's just so it just makes my brain work in a way because uh, i don't know i'm i'm a bit of a, a healthcare nut yeah yeah and on top of that too it's uh, i think it's powerful to just have that perspective and like think of bigger pictures of things and everything even like when i uh message you uh like like wishing your your arm well you said the most biff thing to me back you you said well thank goodness i can still kickbox which is like i'm gonna keep going like i'm beyond oh, yeah that's all i thought when i when i broke my wrist literally all i thought was about kids in yemen like no lie that was my first thing because my partner snake had to pedal like six kilometers as fast as he could to go get the jeep to come and pick me up on the side of the road and the whole time i think sitting there in the heat holding my arm i thought i can't complain mm-hmm. people in this world do so much more than this every single day in a state of fear and they are in shock and there's like so many things i can't complain not for one second and i find that uh, even in emergency you know uh whether it's the universe or god or whoever it is put beside me a patient that broke wrist and opposite elbow. And I thought, I'm good. I am good. I cannot complain because we are always shown always uh, a reason to, to have perspective and to be thankful. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, but, um, a lot of people, they don't have that perspective to look at the bigger picture. Sometimes they'll get a wrong coffee order and then they're just like, fuck today. Like, and they're all online. Oh my goodness. um, The internet is alive with videos of those people having their, uh, meltdowns, which I feel really bad about because honestly, um, that is a very vulnerable moment for a person to lose their cool. Yeah, And most people think that's a person's true colors coming out, which perhaps it actually is, of course. Uh, but it, I always feel super embarrassed for that person and think, you know, if we all had, if we all knew we were like being filmed, wouldn't we respond differently? Wouldn't we want to be the picture of our best selves and not our worst? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's just remarkable. And now, you know, good 
good kids like you and me are becoming very accustomed to seeing these meltdown videos constantly. And it's just like, and it's hard not to like lose faith just in people. Yeah, for it's sure. Like, is everyone like absolutely, you know, like losing their cool all the time? Is this the majority of people? Like, what are we going to do if that's everybody in the whole world that <laughs> feels that way? It's like, it's. Yeah, crazy. I know. You can't turn on your phone without seeing it too. And even like um, through this lockdown, I've been very introspective about things. It's thinking about life, thinking about mortality, and even thinking about like the energy. I intake in like thinking about like social media and uh one reason why I wanted to have you on too is like you're such like a bright spark in the morning and everything and just like to turn on my phone and one of the first things I see is like a a beautiful poem from you or just like your your balcony view and like some um inner thoughts it's just it's such a nice like balance from oh i'm so happy that's that's good Um, a lot of my friends and family unfollow me (laughs) (laughs) what's the word like a pessimist or whatever where they just like don't i don't know they think it's kind of like silly but like yes i've been even like yeah i've been listening to like all these like different studies too about um how your brain works too and like if you're like taking too much like negativity or watching the news so much it produces actually like something they call like dark matter and i'm no i'm no i'm no i'm no scientist but it's um it actually like will start dragging you down and like uh, make you focus on the negative too when really like in life um, I know the world's like kind of on fire right now, but if you look around, like you go outside, you might see, see like a flower, the sun's just shining and it's just, I don't know. And, um, I find you just wake up and you have that perspective and it's uh, nice that you use your social media platform to also share that perspective. Cause I think the vibes are infectious. Oh, I'm so happy. I mean, I've been on Twitter for, I guess, since 2009. And the year that um, I was originally the Her Royal Majesty's Records offices that put basically put Twitter on my BlackBerry. And uh, because at the time, all I ever had was a BlackBerry. I didn't even have a computer. And uh, I was horrified. I didn't even text people. I was like, why would I ever do this? Like, mm-hmm. why on earth would I do this? Because I think we had MySpace or something. And sometimes I would, like, put my cartoons on there and stuff like that. But with Twitter, I found that um, at the time that I started it, I was going through cancer treatment. And I was in a you know, a unhealthy relationship in my personal life at the time. And I was also... Um, pressure to continue working through my treatment. So there was a lot going on for me, just kind of emotionally. And I found that I would tweet out uh, my affirmations and they just, it just made me feel better because that's what I was projecting into the world, no matter how I actually felt, which a lot of the time was super lousy. And I thought, well, this is how it's going to be. I, this is the only thing that I can control. The only thing I can actually control is what I'm putting out into the world. So even if, uh, you know, things are absolutely horrible, even if they are absolutely insurmountable or or whatever the case, I thought no matter what, I will never put that on 
social media because I control what I say. I can, that's the only place I can control myself, you know, and a lot of people, um, especially nowadays, uh, the way the world is, people think it's disingenuous in a way to always be positive. And I always say, no, you know, if I'm not on Twitter, it's because either I have a migraine or I, or something is going on in my personal life that I can't lose focus on. So I just don't go on social media. I used to take one day off a week, basically. And that kind of has changed in the last year and it it waxes and wanes. Um, I was in the hospital for a few days, so I didn't tweet those days. But what I found in 2012 uh, was when I was in emergency uh, hospital in Vancouver for, I think it was about 11 or 12 days, nobody noticed. And I went, that is a lesson for me when it comes to things like social media and our perception of ourselves. And it's not that I was like, oh, it doesn't matter or anything like that. But I just thought that's a really good lesson for me to always remember that the sky is not going to fall if I need to take a personal minute away from the computer, I don't have to announce it. I'm going to step away from social media, which is very popular for people to do when they're overwhelmed. And I think that's healthy. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I've never been that girl. Uh, so I find that, you know, sometimes life just, life isn't, life is not predictable. Mm, you know, if you're, if you're, I don't know, if you're, a uh, car gets towed or if your dog gets sick it's okay not to go on the computer that day yeah <laughs> you know, for sure that could be okay and i think the same is true for the negative news feeds and and people getting overwhelmed and stuff i think it's okay to just step back and just like take a breath yeah i agree too and um i feel like i don't know like there's some things you we should be like diving into and fighting the bigger fight and everything but um if somebody gets overwhelmed and just feeling off it's it's okay to breathe it's okay to tell a joke it's okay to turn off your phone watch a movie go outside or whatever where i feel like um i don't know some sometimes people like uh they'll say like oh how can you be so like happy or making jokes about this when the world is going down here and it's like i don't think that's right to do because we're humans and we we experience all emotions and everything yeah and it's also about coping techniques yeah you know everybody copes in a different way and the only way that we're going to be able to sustain um you know whatever it is that we're doing and working on and working towards or fighting for the only way we can sustain that in the long term is by staying healthy for ourselves so that we keep that energy you know it's kind of self-protective yeah your your health is everything and i think sometimes like people will get caught up in the pressures of the world or what people or what they think people should be uh like view them as or whatever and even like as i preach this i'm not perfect with that either like one thing it i noticed is um kind of losing momentum with doing the podcast every week well it's hard think about like okay like um things are okay if i stop for a bit you know like i just like because you know this is like kind of a smaller platform i was like 
had some bigger opportunities in the reach and I thought I would lose them. And now just months, months later, like they're still there. It's like, oh yeah, when the world pieces itself back together, like we can push forward and everything. Yeah. Very interesting times. This year has been remarkable. I don't have another word to accurately describe all of the, all of the layers that 2020 is and still is becoming. Yeah, definitely. And you're one of the artists who had probably like one of the last Canadian tours before the lockdown. Am I right? Like it's like a week before yours ended or whatever. So that I'm glad you got that <laughs> that that one in there in there. So because like who knows like when uh, like you're going to be able to tour again or whatever. Everything's kind of like in the unknown. Yeah, absolutely. The acoustic tour ended on March eighth. And uh, that was very lucky for Snake and myself because I love performing acoustically. It's like doing a play every night. We do a book reading and I basically torture him and (laughs) he drinks wine and cries. Um, He doesn't. I cry actually. (laughs) But uh, we had a rock tour that was supposed to be in April and that was postponed until the fall. But, you know, now is that everything is still unfolding. You know, I can only hope for the best. The restrictions are, uh, they're, they're kind of varied across Canada because uh, different provinces have experienced different things with the pandemic. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm very optimistic, of course, uh, and I'm very hopeful. But at the same time, a lot of other tours are being postponed till next year yeah yeah. our fingers are crossed that the fall will still happen but it's hard to say what it'll look like Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely like a one day at a time situation too it definitely is yeah it it was cool like i I was like kind of like feeling a burnout from like shows like around like february march and i wish i went out and saw one of your shows because like you know like i didn't expect everything to get locked down it's just like oh yeah i'll catch biff with buck cherry like or whatever but um but um yeah like it's it seemed like an interesting intimate tour as well like uh i guess you were telling stories along yeah so what we do is we do a book so i do my book reading but there's many because all of my songs are basically autobiographical every story that i tell some of which are uh you know, they were kind of, they're kind of foundational stories in a way. I was a runaway and experienced a lot of misadventure and a lot of that stuff I wrote songs about uh, that wound up finding their way to my records. And so, well, I would read the story, talk about it, and then we'll play the song that goes with it, basically, in an acoustic way, um, which is kind of hard to do because I always cry and then I embarrass Snake and then he goes oh my god you're crying again and then the audience (laughs) laughs and then you know there's we always have a really good time and the shows are they're just great fun I meet everyone after the show and that's the other thing with uh you know being right before lockdown I mean I don't know I did selfies with 200 300 people a night for weeks because that's how we end the show. You know, I meet everybody in the audience. I sign every single book. And, you know, the new autograph is really a selfie with an artist. So, and that's very huggy huggy. And I'm a hugger. And it's just, it takes a long time. And Snake is always like waiting. <laughs> it's, it's fun. And it's what we do. And I can't believe 
uh, that all of us in those venues and uh, and at the shows, I mean, by the by the you know by our tails on fire, we we are unscathed as far as I know. We all made it before the pandemic really took hold of Canada. Yeah, yeah, I like um, how like personal you are with your your fans and everything too. It's uh, especially like even like not knowing like everything's gonna be locked down or whatever. For a lot of those people, that was probably their last uh, concerts they they've been going to, or they're ever gonna go to in a while, you know. And to have that moment where they get to take a picture with you, an autograph or whatever, it's just uh, it's a beautiful thing. You go the extra mile to connect with people. I hope so. But yeah, it's weird. Like, I don't know if there'll ever be a mosh pit again. Like, will that ever happen? I know. That's my shit, too. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> very weird and sad. And young kids that are growing up are going to, like, look at us like we're old people going, I remember when we used to be able to yeah. see mosh pits and jump off the stage. <laughs> like, they won't be able to imagine that. Yeah, it's it's like it's going to be just history. Hopefully, hopefully not, you know, but um, we'll we'll see. It's just such unknown. And like, I don't know, I feel like I can just keep talking about like what I don't know about it. But uh, but uh, yeah, bless bless you, Biff. And like, I love your shirt today, too. Something wonderful is going to happen. Like the vibes keep. You got to believe that it has to. It has to. I mean, even if it's a small thing, even if it's, uh, you know, my mother going for a walk in the morning by herself, you know, she recovered from a broken hip all by herself. She doesn't even use a cane and she's 82 years old and, uh, you know, she's safe in her neighborhood. Bam, right there. I'm like, that's amazing. Actually, that is amazing. One of my best friends, his father is 103 this year. Wow. And his dad still lifts weights. Lifts oh, that's so clang, clang, clang in his basement. And he's, you know, I just think that as our generation gets older, we're having to learn about our parents getting older mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, what that looks like. None of us really, none of us have pensions, you know, like none of us have pensions. How are we going to be able to take care of our parents? You know, so these things are super daunting uh, as we keep getting older. And I just think we have to celebrate the little victories. Um, You know, we have to, because they're, they're still victories, no matter how small they are. I, I feel you and it, yeah like like you mentioned the pension thing too and that's something I think about like all the time because uh, especially myself like living like kind of like working in the arts and entertainment industry oh, yeah. like ebbs and flows you know like in your early days like a roller coaster in a way where it's like it's in every day it's not just early days because Napster happened in 95 so you know bands like us even my band like it happened to everybody. And it's not that it's a big evil thing. Technology has been wonderful. But at the same time, unless we are in person, face to face, we do not get paid. Period. The end. Period. The end. So none of us have dental. Like none of us have extended medical. None of us have pensions. All artists. I mean, across the board. And, uh, and I think that, you know, in many ways, 
you know, people are like, well, it's kind of serendipity because it forces artists to, to play for the joy of playing. And then there's a lot of us that go, yeah, dude, we've always played for the joy of playing. Like there's been a windfall. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a crazy perspective especially like how like you're almost forced to like keep going out and out and even like when you want to take a break uh i don't know bill's gotta be hustle yeah yeah non-stop i mean none of you know i i can't speak for other artists i don't know you know what they do but most of the artists that i know also have other careers you know they have other jobs yeah, a lot of people don't see that too, and they just assume you just go on stage for an hour and then it's over. But no, no, there's so much. It's every day, and sometimes even more than a full time job. You know, a hundred percent. And if you have family and kids on top of it, or or sick dogs or <laughs> like anything, there's always something that you know happens or comes up. So, I mean, the arts definitely suffer. <laughs> For sure, during the pandemic, but I think everything does. I mean, you know, we assume uh, that other people are able to make a living, you know, because maybe they are on unemployment insurance or maybe they get the CERB. But for people who live in poverty who are not eligible for the CERB, for example, because they get other funding, which is already inadequate, man. I mean, the pandemic just like really sucks. Yeah. You know, it sucks in a big way because it, of course, is, you know, everyone's afraid for their very lives. But at the same time, it's like, how do we actually recover? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. We have to. We'll see. Ho- hopefully something good is gonna, about to happen, you know, or wonderful. <laughs> I believe that. I totally believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, like, it's interesting how the technology keeps changing and moving and moving and just like different apps, different things like Spotify. And then it's like all these I know there's like a new streaming service called Caffeine and they're kind of taking over like the hip hop world. And it's like, what? Where do you as an artist, where do you go? And it's like it's the Wild West. And it's also like in a way like we're back in the day um, how I got exposed to you, Biff. There was like the radio and much music. Yeah. And like I guess like nowadays, like it's easier if you're uh, unknown to try to move through the waves. But I find with like a lot of like big or like um, artists who hit the mainstream, um, there's almost like too much coming at everybody. And I'm even missing like new songs from my favorite bands. I'm like, oh, they made an album. Like, why haven't, how old is this? There's no, uh, I mean, look at yesterday, right? Taylor Swift is like, oh, by the way, I'm going to put my record out. (laughs) Everyone's like, oh, cool. I mean, and like literally, there you go. Yeah, And that's Taylor Swift. I mean, same with Drake last week, you know. Um, I don't know. I think in many ways it's really great because, yeah, artists can just put out content all the time, all they want. Um, Yeah. (laughs) How is that bad, you know? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Sometimes it does definitely seem like uh, an echo chamber in a way because – yeah, how do you get it out there when there's so there's you're competing with twenty million bands? Yeah, you're competing that. with all the other um, people who maybe are are paying to boost their post. 
every time, you know, which is actually extortion uh, is how I see it. <laughs> you know, there's just, there's a lot of tools people are able to use depending on what they have available to them. Yeah. But I think for up and coming unknown young artists, I think uh, this is an amazing time to be an artist. It's an amazing time to be alive with technology because, you know, back in the day we had to rely on hoping to get on college radio or mainstream radio. And if you didn't, no one, there was no other avenue. Yes, there was much music. But again, you hope that your video got played. If it didn't, all you can do is mail your handbills to the venue in the town you're going to go play and hope that somebody hands them out for you. Yeah. You know? Whereas now you can just like, yeah, you could keep telling people about your shows or your music or you can do Instagram live or you can do like, you know, a lot of different things. So now it's, now it's easier in a way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like there's only so much TV time and radio time as well. And even for me to do something like this, it would have been like there's so many steps through middlemen and auditions and like just broadcasting and you got to know a guy who knows a guy where like just four years ago, I just decided, okay, I'm just going to do this. And maybe it's not perfect at first, but as you keep going and going and going and building and building, it's interesting. And I see bands doing that now, comedians, like all over the place. across Everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because everybody, I mean, this is how we communicate, you know, and, uh, and more and more people are moving away from television. Maybe I just think that because I don't have one. Um, but I think that people basically live on the internet half mm -hmm. the time. And so, yeah, people want uh, content. They want podcasts and shows and conversations and they want to be able to eavesdrop and listen and learn. And, you know, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. And I want to mention too, just in case some people missed it, as we're talking about the infinite shuffle of art and music, uh, you released a single this year called Jim and a wicked video. I love this video so, so, so much. And uh, I just want to, kind of want to hear your like take on maybe uh, um, doing the video and everything because it looked like uh, like just... Like, even though the song is very, like, serious and, like, kind of, like, a vengeful thing, it looked like it was a bunch of fun to actually make the video. You got to smash a bunch of shit and everything. But Oh, yeah. The video was very fun because we wanted to do it in reverse to tell the story of Jim, the villain. You know, he's the villain in the song, basically. Um, you know, and the, the whole gist of the song, you could say any name for Jim. But the song is about betrayal and about catching someone betraying you and, and how that feels. And so, yeah, we got some things to smash in a, in a photo studio. And uh, we filmed it uh, in reverse through the editing so that it, the story unfolded where this villain is like, you know, in, in this context, in the video context, not being faithful. And so, yeah, it was fun. It was only hard part was me actually having to throw a couple punches uh, to Jim, who was played by. Yeah, I was going to mention that's uh, your partner. So I didn't want to hit him. Um, and Snake is like, I always, I always make make fun of him because he's a boxer that doesn't box. You know, <laughs> he's got a lot of fight training, and he's a natural. He's a natural boxer, and I always <laughs> tease him and saying, "You are." 
you know, depriving this family of, of winning fights. I'm going to take you to the parking lot of Sobeys and I'm going to get every guy in there to fight you for 20 bucks. You need to bring home the belt, snake. <laughs> you know, put it on the wall behind yeah. So I tease him all the time because uh, he's a natural boxer. And, of course, my, you know, joy of uh, MMA and of uh, taekwondo and, and kickboxing and stuff is always fun. But I'm not very good at it because I don't like hitting people. <laughs> I'm, fine. I'm fine with patterns. I love patterns and stuff like that. I love the sport. But I'm not the best sparring partner ever because I just don't want to ever hit anyone. And so I would be a terrible uh, fighter uh, but at the same time it's fun yeah yeah and good exercise good for the mind too like learning it's all really stuff. good and the, but you know the more that i the older i get i find that i think more and more that uh kids and women probably men too but kids and women really need to know self-defense in this world uh wherever you live whatever your socioeconomic status you need to you need to have these skills even just a day a couple workshops anything um just to have some tools to be safe in an unsafe world often and uh even for myself i just think you know and, and my this is a good example where i think okay at least i can still kick you know at least i can if i had to uh, could I block, you know, with my cast? It would hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm right-handed, so I'm very lucky in that way that it was my left. But I just think, you know, what, what does the person do if they are absolutely cannot defend themselves or they're vulnerable? Um, I don't know. I just, I'm always thinking about stuff like that. And, and uh, that's what it yeah. makes me think. <laughs> really defend ourselves. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And like, um, yeah, even like uh, I tried to do uh, some jujitsu classes and. Oh, was, grappling? Yeah, yeah. That's very dangerous for your yeah. neck. And, and I was, I was all excited, especially like um, I listened to like a lot of like other like shows where people talk about like the benefits beneficiaries of like jujitsu and for your mind body and everything and um i kind of went into it as a workout and i don't think this teacher was like the right person for me but it was such a funny awesome experience for like all the wrong reasons it was almost like out of um the movie the karate kid and if oh. i were to walk into the cobra kai gym because this teacher was like he was like a villain and he's like he's like oh we only build champions here and just like he's like if you're not ready to like fight like uh you shouldn't be in here where i'm like I'm, I'm like oh i just wanted to have a little workout or whatever yeah. but it was it was really intense but i'm like i, I only did the one class and I'm of like, course i can see why i would have too yeah there's, there's lots of benefits and you know things like uh martial arts uh just like a lot of different sports uh that are ancient and traditional um, I think that it, it, it can be for all ages, all uh, skill levels, and it's for life. You know, just like yoga, mm -hmm. martial arts is for life. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mind-body connection that's traditional in all of the different martial arts art forms. And uh, the popularity of uh, mixed martial arts competition is so popular that now there's a million schools with as you found out, a million instructors. Yeah, yeah. And the same is true in the yoga world. There's a million instructors. And uh, yeah, you just have to find 
the right fit. Yeah, yeah. Just bob and weave and find your right one. And yeah. One um thing I'm learning about this like lockdown too. It's like uh, I'm starting to get a little more active, a little more exercise in because. Uh, oh good. I feel like um with my work schedule prior, like. I would always be tired, like mentally, and then it would cause me physical tiredness and not wanting to go out. But uh, now I've been, I fell into a routine where I wake up in the morning and I just go for a run. And like, lots, lots of people who know me are probably going to listen to this and be like, what the fuck? Who is this guy? It's not the that's same amazing. genre. That's amazing. You but know? it's like, that's because it's summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully I can carry in the winter because I'm finding there's benefits of like when you wake up and you kind of like exert your body a bit, you, I don't know, I just start feeling more connected to humanity in a way, you know, it's like you feel like you're, you're just like the pain in your joints and stuff. You, I start feeling alive and it's the best way to kick off my day. And then alongside, usually after my run, I'll, I'll open my Twitter and there's a nice like Biff message there. Good. Do you have any like uh, up early? Yeah, yeah. Do you have any like routines that that you do in the morning besides doing those type of posts or Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, it, usually we're both up by 5. Uh so I like to do um I meditate in the morning or I do my stretching, uh which mostly is yoga asana. Um however, I used to go to the gym in my building oh, before the pandemic hit and that my gym obviously has been closed uh, for several months. And well, you know, I, I like riding my bike with snake. We both have BMXs, So we love to do that. Uh, so obviously cool. I won't be doing that for a little while. You know, if I was uh, a millionaire, I would get like a Peloton or whatever those bikes are called that all the fancy people have, but in their home, but you know, we live in an apartment. Where would I put that? <laughs> I've always been a gym rat always uh, since I was in high school. I've always loved weight training. Um, I love lifting weights. I love gym culture, and uh, and that's just how it is. So I really look forward to being able to get back to the hack squats and the and the bench press machines and and uh, everything. That's my that's my happy place. Definitely in the gym, headphones in, you know, sixty full minutes every single day, just with my you know. Turkish disco in my ears and just go, you know, I love it. Uh, I've never really gone to a CrossFit or anything like that. Uh, although I'm sure that type of uh, calisthenics and training, you know, high intensity type of stuff, I know that it makes a big difference for people, but it's super expensive, yeah. you know, so that's why I've never joined any. And the same goes for yoga classes. I did them for quite a while. Uh, over the years, we've probably been pr practitioners of Ashtanga Yoga uh, and Kundalini in a great variety for, I don't know, 30 years. But again, it, it became like, how could I justify how expensive these classes were, even though I love being in a room full of other people practicing? Uh, for me, it just always seemed like I was being a hypocrite if I'm going to be trying to, you know, speak up for people who uh, are looking for justice when it comes to poverty and, and working towards anti 
you know, anti-poverty work in Canada. I just thought I can't be a hypocrite and, and try and advocate for people who need a louder voice. And then I'm like, you know, doing all this luxury stuff. I don't know. It just, to me, it felt like I couldn't do it. And so I, I don't go to any of those things, but I do like, I do like lifting weights a lot. Yeah, yeah. I find too, it's like, uh, even like I was thinking about like taking classes here and there too, but sometimes I just got to listen to my body and go at my own pace. Like yes. I find when there's like a scheduled time, it's like, sometimes I'm going to bail out on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. And then it's like, why am I paying for this? So it's almost like better to do things where like, if you get a gym membership or just find a track around your place. And just Yeah, it depends on the phase you are in your life. I find that sometimes it's really in imperative uh, that I'm a part of a yoga school or a martial arts class or something, you know, really I do need that structure sometimes. But again, like yourself, I like the morning, you know, that's when I, um, I find that when the world is more quiet is when I like to do my different. Yeah, I feel that too. And it's just something like I recently learned. I'm waking up at times I used to go to bed at Biff. And <laughs> that comes with age. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, mostly, mostly it does. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's just, it's nice when everything's still and just, yes, and then there's, is. there's like, you see some uh, wildlife I notice now. It's because, like, we're like in the Toronto area. It's like right when the afternoon hits, like, it's so busy and noisy and just all those like creatures and everything just hide all day because they're fr probably frightened. But I noticed um, like even like the other week I sent you like a video of this squirrel that was like half fuzzy and half like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm finding like all these random like animals that I didn't even know were like in my neighborhood. So that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's nice. Actually, you're inspiring me. I got to do something with the backdrop here. I love all your posters. Well, you know what? I try and change it up, and it was basically, yeah, it was as a response to uh, doing Zoom interviews and stuff like that. It became more frequent, and I just thought so many times I look at, and your background is nice because it's simple, it's clean. Uh, I don't own, like, fancy lights or anything like that. My manager always says, why don't you just order a ring light from Amazon? It looks great, though. You're all you're bright. Know. Yeah, I'm just at my table, and, like, this is Snake's guitar wall, and it, it continues, so you see all his guitars down. Oh, cool. So it used to look, and this is a guitar here, and then, you know, it used to just be guitars. But I had to, like, put my stuff up that I wanted to have up every day. You know, stuff that I thought was interesting. And I, I don't know, I just thought it was better than, like, some of these uh, things we see on the news where people are talking on, on Zoom or Skype or whatever the case. And sometimes I just think, that's your closet. <laughs> yeah. Like, close the door. Like, close the closet door. What are you doing? Like, yeah, you even I shifted out. myself so it's just blank. I have, like, random yeah, shit all over. Yeah, of course. Yeah, my table is always, busy, like, a mess. Even my hutch is all reading material. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what it looks like on the other side here, too. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, it's so messy. Um, and then I clear it, like I use the dining room table as my desk, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and I clear it at, at night when I make dinner. Um, but yeah, it's funny and fun. Yeah, it looks like a cozy spot. Also, like, I like, um, 
the poster, the angry, fired up feminist. There's um, there's a yeah, there's a band I need to share with you uh, from the UK. Um, I just interviewed them, and actually, the bass player is originally from Canada, but she moved to the UK, and they're starting like this little like underground like uh, chick punk like tiny like revolution in a way where what are they called? Uh, they're called dream nails dream and, nails yeah yeah oh, I and, love it. Um, basically what they do they're just um i kind of like compare like their spirit a bit to like system of a down where if you listen to their songs they're very fun and like upbeat and aggressive Awesome. Um, there's an undertone of like uh like a real serious messages in like a lot of their tunes and very they just cool. kind of uh, got noticed by Tom Morello and just like oh, this wow. label now. So yeah, they're 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 uh they're just starting to get some momentum and uh, I interviewed them a few weeks ago too. So I'm going to send you some music. I think your vibes would match. Really. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, just had had to shout them out. I always like love like promoting like new and exciting things and everything. So um yeah, what's what's on the docket for Biff for the rest of your day? Um, today, gosh, well, I'm going to go and pick up snake in a little while. Um, and, uh, yeah, just work. So we're, uh, I have a CBD brand, uh, that I'm a part of called Mona Lisa healing. And so we're launching in the United States and, uh, the last few weeks we have just, uh, received our PETA certification for being a cruelty free product and a vegan product, which is a para- paramount to me. It was so important and, uh, really excited about it. Um, it's so different there than it is in Canada. Canada is, uh, <sighs> frustrating. It's so weird. Canada is so weird because what they've done with the Cannabis Act, if you will, I'm just going to put it in a nutshell. It's not like totally accurate legal terms or anything, but basically CBD falls under the Cannabis Act. When, you know, good kids like you and me know darn well it should be a food supplement, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the, the Mona Lisa healing uh, CBD, of course, is THC-free, like a lot of different uh, CBD companies are. But, you know, we still get lumped into the Cannabis Act, meaning that it's, you know, a no-no, basically. So in America, uh, the laws are different. You know, plain and simple. Everything's different there. Everything's different in the UK and in Europe. And so those are the markets that we're concentrating on because it's just Canada has just been not very, um, hmm, well, not very, not very nice bunnies is how I put it. They just, uh, when it comes to CBD, they're just, they're just a little bit uh, frustrating. That's interesting too, because it's so beneficial. Like you think like... It's very beneficial. And there's probably 10,000 companies in Canada working illegally, mm-hmm. you know, because, of course, it's under the Cannabis Act. So you have to, it's about licenses and all this other stuff. And uh, it's just frustrating. Um, but it's not a regulated industry. Just like, you know, I always compare it to like protein powders. You know, this industry is not regulated, meaning there's not like the protein powder cops. They go into every uh, health food store and check for sure if there's really 20 grams of uh, hemp protein in that. Nobody's checking. 
Yeah. You know, so everybody can be a liar, basically. And uh, the same is true for CBD. Nobody's checking. Not really. They, they can't tell you for sure if it's organic. They can't tell you for sure if it's, you know, got no THC. They can't tell you for sure if it's just olive oil that they're selling people or as I like to say, snake oil. <laughs> but um, so it's really interesting. Like it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting community. And uh, I've always been, even though I was straight edge, uh, I was always interested in uh, cannabis as uh, a medical product. Uh, basically during cancer, I became aware of it because a lot of breast cancer ladies, I was, uh, you know, in the hole with, if you will, were taking CBD and they were utilizing cannabis uh, to help mitigate their either anxieties or some of their symptoms. Um, again, like cannabis, like CBD, it works differently for a lot of different people. Um, but you know, they are they're they are making progress in in medical marijuana now, and uh, and hopefully they will also start making more progress uh, when it comes to CBD. So today I, I'm going to uh, work with my Mona Lisa partners again on that. And it's always, it's always interesting. There's never a dull moment. That's for sure. Nice. I, I even noticed you got the picture of the Mona Lisa in the background there. Too. Yes, I do. And my, and my fancy PETA certification. <laughs> ah, beautiful. Yeah. And that's, that's cool that you're doing this. I know like um, personally, a lot of friends of mine and even my mother, like um, they've been taking CBD and it's actually helping them greatly. So many different things. So that's it's so cool that you're doing that. And, uh, and um, is there like, um, a, like a site or something we can follow up on? Like, oh, Absolutely. You can look at MonaLisaHealing.com. Uh, and find out all about it. And uh, even on uh, PETA has a website, which is their PETA mall. We're featured in the PETA flyer. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just exciting. And the truth is, yeah, your mom, like my mom, who, ha you know, is uh, dealing with arthritis as she gets older, dealing with different anxieties, sleeplessness, uh, stuff like that. A lot of uh, girls that I know who are either dealing with either period pain or menopause or, or headaches or anything like this, you know, a lot of them are taking CBD to, to help them with these things. I take it for my joints. I, you know, if I take CBD, I discovered I could do 200 lunges in the gym. Like literally where I couldn't, when I was 21, I couldn't <laughs> without knee pain. So it's like, to me, it was astonishing. And, uh, and Snake, who always, he had a problem sleeping, uh, like a lot of dudes, he just like took Unisom all the time. I know like, I must know 10 dudes who like just, just buy Unisom and just take it all the time. It's like, yeah, but you're not supposed to take it all the time. Shouldn't there be something else? Yeah. And so, yeah, CBD has really helped uh with his sleeping and stuff like that and it's not like he's like you know stressed out person or you know a mad scientist who's awake all night thinking of you know inventions <laughs> you know sleeplessness happens because yeah we don't know what all the stressors we're taking in just from life and and uh and sleeplessness can just happen anyway you know just naturally normally for human beings so the cbd has definitely helped him with that yeah, definitely. I, I've been so curious about taking it too. And just like when I make the jump, I'm going to you, Biff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
they trust you and, and just everything and just like it's cool to hear like uh even though even like the extra layers to have it like you made it like a vegan product and everything and just yeah it was just important to me and then we're just now launching a pet product and it is a lot of vets are using cbd for their uh senior senior animals and stuff like that for same thing uh joints uh animals get anxiety, just, just a number of things, even, even topically people use it, you know, they're just, I mean, I don't know, there's lots of different health food crazes. I mean, I remember coconut oil was massive, MCT oil was, you know, there's always going to be something that people are discovering that helps them, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. And, uh, and for us, it's CBD. Yeah, that, that's cool to hear. And, uh, and yeah, Biff, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Anytime, anytime. I, I appreciate it so much. I, I, I see you. You're always supporting in the independent media and different businesses and everything. And it's just, uh, it's awesome. Like you're, you're, you're still true to your punk rock spirit, like ride die so. for the shit. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and yeah, even like, uh, I also feel like as I'm relaunching this whole thing and, uh, it's important to just have this vibe, you know, it's like, it it's, is. Be, it's, it's almost beyond words how I want to pre or project the relaunch of the, the podcast too. And it's just an energy, you know? And, uh, when I thought of you, it's just like, I'm like, oh, this would be perfect to just kind of blast off again you know it's almost i'm digging for the words but i can't like it's a feeling you know yeah i like that though and i like the fact that you said it's an energy i'm like keep that in mind because i'm like go get the domain name for that because that's a really memorable saying it's an oh. energy okay okay I'll, I'll stick with that too and something wonderful is gonna happen for everybody that's right yeah yeah and uh yeah once again biff Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Much love, like um, even beyond doing this for uh, the energy you project every day, every morning. I see your posts. I love it. Everybody, follow Biff on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the Facebook, everything, and just kind of like like I mentioned at the beginning of this interview, it's um, it's important to I know intake these uh, type of vibes, especially in the climate we are right now. It's like I think of your brain as almost like. Uh like if you think of it as your stomach, like what are you taking? Like good food or bad food? Like after a while, you take a lot of bad food, you're gonna get sick. But yeah. um, I don't know if you're just Definitely. taking like some good vibes from positive people in your life. It's uh, it helps. It's I'm saying this because it's been helping me, and yeah, hopefully to just kind of pass on that vibe to other people. But uh, once again, love you, Biff. Thank you so much. Hope you have the best day ever. Good luck with everything with the CBD stuff. Hope the risk gets better. And yeah. <laughs> Have a great weekend. We'll talk soon. Ah, that was a good talk. Biggest thanks to Biff once again. And even beyond taking the time to do the episode with me, you're always showing me some love and encouragement towards this show when I post it on the social medias. And it means so, so much. Words can't even explain. But anywho, like always, we're going to end with a song. This is one we talked about a bit talked about the cool video she made for it so definitely check that out on youtube and also check us out on youtube if you want to see these conversations we just made a brand new youtube channel for the creative imbalance and it could use a little love if you want to hit the subscribe on there but don't i'm getting off topic 
This is the Biff tune we talked about on the show. And again, check out the video of the revenge story. It's really cool. You get to see her breaking shit and whooping ass. And yeah, this one is titled Jim. And I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Cheers. You never loved me, Jim. You made a fool of me again and again. You never told the truth when I believed in you again and again. You tried to take control, unworthy of my love and money. Criticize and tell me how I feel Tell me I don't measure up Telling me I overreach I'm begging you to Right where you belong Right where you belong